Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We did really good. We stayed together. We just tried to really focus. Sometimes it was really hard because there wasn't really that much trash. But that's when we had to look a little bit deeper, like in the bushes, or just really focus on the cigarette butts on the floor. What the hell is that? The World Cup of Litter in Japan. What is that, uh, Michael? It's like a sport. Actually, other countries like Britain, United States, Japan, they, they're having teams and they go out and they have to pick up litter and, and win. It's like a, they're trying to become a sport. Mm, okay. Never mind that. Maybe someone should mention that if every single sentence ends with the same inflection, people will want to murder you <laughs> out in the open, right in front of all the witnesses, and they won't care. One of the reasons I wanted to play that, though, I thought of this last night. My son and I are watching Futurama, and and in this episode oh. of Futurama, they were shooting garbage into space. Is there a reason we don't do that? The cost. But is that the only reason? As rocket trips get way, 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 way more cost-effective, and they already are, like Elon gets us up and running towards like a taxi going to the moon, is there any reason we won't? Just take our giant mounds of garbage and shoot them into space and let them float off into wherever? Well, I've, I've called for that for a long time and shooting various people into space as well. Um, well I think that's going to be just... more controversial, but, but the garbage. <laughs> well, there's no need is the reason. At least in the United States, there is no need. Any responsible study of landfill space says we have enough landfill space for 5,000 years. Okay. That whole 1970s, we're quickly running out of space, will soon be buried under a mountain of garbage, struggling for breath. That's all phony. That's hard. I, well, I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's hard to believe. I just I notice how much garbage output we have because I take out the garbage all the time. Or like after right. Thanksgiving meal, taking out the, the amount of garbage that you produce is just like one family is astonishing. You know, my question, as I've asked before... Do you compost your own feces? <laughs> Not yet. If you don't, you're part of the problem. 
is there enough landfill space? Have you ever driven across Nevada? Okay. There's nothing there and nobody. So Joe's a no one shooting garbage into space. Okay, got that. <laughs> but I appreciate your imagination, uh, your your willingness to take on alternative solutions to mankind's vexing problems. You know what one of mankind's most vexing problems is? Freaking social media. Uh, I'd say. We need to start looking at it as an evil uh, entity that does us some good. We need to look at it more like, I don't know, alcohol or... It's like cigarettes, cigarettes. asbestos, and lead paint all rolled in one. Yeah, I like that, yeah. I mean, a trio of headlines for you. Uh, from the Wall Street Journal, Instagram's algorithm delivers toxic video mix to adults who follow children. If you, and there are a hell of a lot of grown men in particular who do this, you uh, you follow young gymnasts, young teenagers, other teen and preteen influencers on the platform. And the Wall Street Journal set up test accounts after observing that the thousands of followers of such young people's accounts often included large numbers of adult men and that many of the accounts that followed these children also had demonstrated interest in sexual content. And what the journal wanted to know is, what would the algorithms recommend after its accounts followed some of the users like young gymnast cheerleaders and other teen preteen influencers? If the journal's test accounts didn't like go after anything sexual, what would Instagram feed them? And the answer was sexual stuff, sexualized stuff, troubling stuff, toxic stuff. The very algorithms steered uh, people towards sexualized children content. That's just one of the headlines. Go ahead. And they also tied in the fact, well, in a stream of videos recommended by Instagram, an ad for the dating app Bumble appeared between a video of someone stroking the face of a life-size latex doll and a video of a young girl with a digitally obscured face lifting, lifting up her shirt to expose her midriff. Uh, they tied into the idea that a lot of advertisements are showing up, so there's profit to be made in this, and might mm -hmm. be one of the reasons that Instagram or Zuckerberg is not, you know, interested in stopping this. And another, a Pitot commercial followed a video of a man lying on a bed with his arm around what the caption said was a ten-year-old girl. Okay, I could be a mom and a dad, or might, or a, a dad and his daughter, but it might not be. Um, a bunch of different child protection groups have run similar tests and had the same results. So, like you said, it doesn't have to be sexual stuff. You're just following young hotties. But you'll eventually get fed sexual stuff. Or and young then, athletes. Yeah, well, right. And then uh, there's ads in there, too. So, that's an interesting combination. And weirdly, Zuckerberg's gang of uh, uh, Meta employees uh, declined to comment on why the algorithms compiled streams of separate videos showing children's sex and advertisements um, and then fed them to you automatically. Just charming. How about this headline? This is the New York Times. At Meta, millions of underage users were an open secret. Meta routinely documented children under 13 on Instagram and collected their data, according to newly unsealed complaint uh, filed by a 33 states attorneys general. That's the one that I think could get Zuckerberg in trouble. Man, if they can come up with much documentation like they did against the tobacco companies back in the day showing they knew what they were doing, that Zuckerberg and, uh, and Meta know what they're doing, that they absolutely know there are all those underage people on there, and they make no effort to stop it. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they'll be valuable data. What would you call them? Uh, data donors soon. And so they're not going to give them away. They've already got them. They're not going to send them away from the store. Well, good Lord. How much money is in uh, knowing what teenagers are into? You know, in terms of uh, metrics for advertisement. Oh, my God. And or instilling brand loyalty into right. a 13-year-old. Yeah. So uh, getting back to the complaint specifically, Meta's received more than 1.1 million reports of users under the age of 13 on its Instagram platform since early 2019. So they were t- they knew these kids were young kids, but they disabled only a fraction of those accounts, according to the complaint. Instead, the social media giant, quote, routinely continued to collect children's personal information. No way. That included locations and email addresses without parental permission in violation of the federal children's privacy law. According to the court filing, Meta could face hundreds of millions of dollars or more in civil penalties should the states prove the allegations. Um, just unbelievable. And then a final headline. Uh, this is kind of a different topic, but I found it uh, just nuts. How your child's online mistake can ruin your digital life. Oh, no. Google has a zero-tolerance policy for child abuse content. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, you know, I think the intent, at least for Google, which I believe to be an evil corporation, but this intent is at least good. But they tell the story of Jennifer Watkins, who got a message from YouTube saying her channel was being shut down. And she thought, I don't really use YouTube, so whatever. Turns out her seven-year-old twin sons used a Samsung tablet logged into her Google account to watch content for children and make YouTube videos of themselves doing silly dances. Mm -hmm. These are seven-year-olds who know how to post videos of themselves? Oh, absolutely. Anyway. I don't let my kids do that, being kind of a public figure. But yeah, all their friends do, and they really hate that I don't let them post videos. Most of their videos had fewer than five views. Right. But the video that got Ms. Watkins in trouble was one her son made. Apparently, it was a video of his bottom. He'd been dared by a classmate (laughs) to do it, to show his butt on a video. I get that. All right, here's where... I'm sure they laughed until they couldn't breathe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Well, Google-owned YouTube has AI-powered systems that review the hundreds of hours of video that are uploaded to the service every minute. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. The New York Times has documented other episodes in which parents' digital lives were upended by naked photos and videos of their children that Google's AI system flagged and that human reviewers determined to be illicit. Um, some have been some parents have been investigated by the police and child protective services for very innocent videos. But anyway, here's here's where the the rubber meets the road. So the the butt video uploaded in September was flagged within minutes as possible sex sexual exploitation of a child, a violation of Google's terms of services. So Ms. Watkins, who's a medical worker, soon discovered she was locked out of not just YouTube, but all of her accounts with Google. She lost access to her photos, her documents, her email, meaning she couldn't get messages about her work schedule, review her bank statements, or order anything through a, a an app that she'd signed on to through Google. How does stuff like this happen so often where you're not stopping actual pornography, but then you do this. Right. Ah. Now, her 
her account would eventually be deleted, a Google login page informed her, but she could appeal the decision. So she clicked start appeal button, wrote in a text box that her seven-year-old sons thought butts are funny and were responsible for (laughs) uploading the video and said, this is harming me financially. Well, Google sent back a, yeah, whatever, uh, non-answer, and she appealed and she appealed and she appealed and they would do nothing for her. Again, lost access to all her pictures, all her emails, any app that she'd signed into through Google. Um, uh, Once an employee confirmed that the video posted by Ms. Watkins' son was problematic, Google reported it to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, and on and on. And and, uh, she couldn't get anything done till finally she contacted the New York Times and described what was going on with her. And the New York Times reached out to Google and Google immediately gave her access to her uh, accounts back. But the average person, they're not even looking at your messages. They don't care about your messages. They don't have people who have any time to look at your messages saying, hey, you're ruining me financially because my kids think butts are funny. Before we go to break, have you been enjoying the full moon? I have. It's been an extraordinarily good moon. Do you know what it was? That was a full full autumn beaver moon. It was the first full beaver moon in quite some time. Well, you try to have me uh, sell me a partial beaver full moon? Fall beaver moon? Heck of a good looking moon. As you've said many times, too many... Moons. Too many different moons now. Too many novelty moon names. (laughs) There's one moon, just one. (laughs) And it's full roughly once a month, based on my readings. Uh, A couple of things just to update you on that I think you'll find interesting. Um, Who's the number one delivery service now in America? We have a new one. How many mosques are being destroyed in China? And nobody's protesting in the streets about that. Wow. Lots of interesting stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll get to the interesting story of all the mosques China's destroying next segment. When we talk about what the Oakland City Council did, it all kind of fits together. Uh, Re-Israel and Hamas. We still got a ceasefire going on for another two days, then who knows what. Quickly this. You know who drives the artificial tree world industry thingy? Artificial Christmas trees? Yeah, I've always been against artificial Christmas trees because I believe it makes baby Jesus cry. But Mm. uh, moms, it's moms primarily that want artificial trees according to research. And it's got to do with cleanup, I guess, mostly, which seems sexist that only moms are cleaning up. I've cleaned up every Christmas tree my kids have been exposed to since they were born. But um, it would be a lot easier to put together a dang fake tree than cleaning up after a real tree every year is such a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. Well, I've gone with a manufactured tree to avoid the rape of the forests that you seem so in favor of. Sir, uh, one other thing, forest rapist. UPS was the largest delivery company in the United States, followed by FedEx for a very long time. But now it's Amazon. Amazon has eclipsed oh. them both and is now the number one delivery service in America. Gosh, of course it is. And now of course it is about it. Yeah. because what truck do you see every single day on your street, wherever you live? An Amazon truck. And then back to this. Because I didn't finish it last hour. The average adult needs 16 confidence boosters a month to feel their best, according to research. So that'd be four a week. What? Like one every other day on average, roughly. These are your top 15 confidence boosters that say they say everybody needs to feel good about themselves. Receiving a compliment or general praise. Doing something you thought you couldn't do. Making someone laugh out loud. Making someone someone LOL is a confidence booster. Nice. It is. Finding clothes which suit or flatter you. I feel like I don't have much problem getting, like, all of these fairly regularly. Am I just lucky? Are there people who aren't getting, you know, you don't make anybody laugh, like, a couple times a week? Or ever get a compliment on, hey, nice job there, Jim, or... Thanks for closing that account, Larry. Clothes that fit. (laughs) Getting a friendly smile from a stranger. Nobody smiles at you. Where do you live? What do you hang out with? Get better friends. Well, Um, from a stranger, it's said. Okay. I get, yeah, stranger. Okay. I don't know. Not like like walking into a store or something. I don't know. You coming on to me? You want something from me? You going to steal from me? Why are you smiling at me? Exercising is a confidence booster. There's one you've got complete control over there. Uh, knowing the answer to a quiz question. What? Yes. <laughs> that is a confidence booster. What's the capital of Ethiopia? Rhode Island. Wait a minute. I know that. Ethiopia City. Everybody um, knows that. Have someone ask you for advice is a confidence booster. Having freshly brushed teeth. Well, you certainly have that at least once per day. Wait, wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. If you don't have a confidence booster at least twice a day every month of your life, your teeth are going to rot out of your head. That's a dumb one. Wearing your favorite outfit, which, of course, for me is a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform. (laughs) Troubling. Me and Dolly. We like to squeeze into those as we get older. (laughs) Uh, When someone compliments your smile. You won't get that if you're not getting uh, doing number nine, which is having freshly brushed teeth. Nobody's going to compliment your smile. They're more likely to say, hey, hey, hey spinach, you got something right there. Your teeth look like baked beans. <laughs> uh, getting a beauty or grooming treatment. I like to be groomed. Uh, <laughs> spraying your favorite perfume or scent. Knowing uh, you have fresh breath is a confidence booster. All right, if you say so. This is from psychologists. Most of these seem stupid to me. Or, and you're going to have to tell me what this means, bossing it at work. Oh, you got to be bossing it. If you're not, you're going to have no confidence. Clearly. Nah. I assume that means just doing well. You got probably got bad breath and uh, no, no strangers don't smile at you if you're not bossing it at work. Why don't you mix in a little Colgate now and again there, <laughs> stinky? Wow. <laughs> So anyway, put those to use in your everyday life. (laughs) If you miss a segment of the show, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Oakland City Council hosted a stupid debate and passed a stupid resolution last night that is illustrative of the debate that is going on across America, particularly in blue cities and college campuses. We'll get to that in just a second. Here's Richard Engel of 
NBC with the latest of what's going on between Israel, Hamas, Gaza, etc. So we were expecting that today the Israeli bombing campaign against Hamas in Gaza would resume. Uh, that is what Israel said would happen. It said as soon as this uh, temporary pause was over, then its mission to eliminate Hamas uh, from the Gaza Strip would begin in earnest. Uh, but in the 11th hour, as there were just a few hours remaining for this temporary truce, Qatar and, and Egypt announced that there had been an extension. And then Hamas also said that there had been this extension extension under the same terms, uh, which means uh, that for every one hostage that is released, there will be uh, three uh, Palestinian prisoners released from Israeli jail. So we're expecting to see uh, 10, perhaps more than 10 released today by Hamas and then another 10 tomorrow. Uh, What happens after that is is an open question. Yeah, I'd say it is. At some point, they're going to run out of hostages to give back. And then what happens? Does Israel go full-throated bombing campaign again? World opinion is going to dig that. Uh, They've got to get rid of Hamas. Obviously, that's not an option. So we'll see what happens. They're being asked to thread a uh, narrow, narrow opening there. The whole, yes, we get it. It's an existential threat, and you can't live next to Hamas anymore. But you got to do it gently so it doesn't look bad on TV. Right. Yeah, no kidding. So we've hey, uh, you got to take out the manufacturing in Dresden, but for goodness sakes, don't hurt any civilians or as few as possible. Those words were never spoken to the Allied generals trying to rid the world of the Nazi horde. Or uh, bombing Tokyo, make sure you only get military installations. Right. Uh, we've mocked for years when... It's, I think it's always blue city councils, isn't it? Do conservative city councils do this sort of thing? No. (laughs) It's always blue city councils that pass resolutions about foreign policy. So you have, you know, the Berkeley City Council pass a resolution saying, we're against the war in Iraq and George Bush. Okay, good for you. Uh, Don't you have something to do about your own, like, city, which is what you are? Aren't aren't there, like, sewers to clean out or potholes to fill, you clowns? Right. Parks to renovate. So the Oakland City Council passed a resolution last night calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. After passionate public comment that lasted more than four hours, and hundreds of people gathered, big crowd, there was an attempt to pass a resolution asking for a ceasefire that condemned Hamas, but that failed 6-2 to two in the Oakland City Council. So condemning Hamas, can't do it. That's a little too far. That's going a little too far, condemning people who... Uh, you know, do all the things that we know that they did. I mean, the worst things in the history of the world, um, right up there. Tying parents to their children and setting them on fire. The Oakland City Council can't condemn that. Okay. So they eventually unanimously called for a ceasefire. The resolution was proposed by Councilmember Carol Fife, who said that she worked with Jewish and Muslim community members to craft the resolution. That was the fourth draft of a resolution that was created that intentionally attempted to depoliticize and make a resolution that centered on peace. And it didn't name condemnation of Hamas. It didn't name condemnation of Israel because we wanted to focus on love life and lifting up what we support, not what we condemn. I'm sorry, did you say focusing on love life? That is what she said, the person that wrote the resolution that didn't didn't condemn Hamas or Israel. Um, okay. 
More so just out of curiosity now. Okay, you got more of the tale to tell. Go one ahead. one council member, Dan Kalb, said he supported a ceasefire, but said the resolution did not mention the Hamas October 7th attack and needed an amendment. Here's his quote. I do ask you to consider and support these factual amendments. Not even mentioning the Hamas mass murder on October 7th is sending the wrong message and an embarrassing message. You are right. Well said, Dan. Well said. So they spent four, four and a half hours uh, wrangling over this in Oakland, the city that's lost all three of, well, it's soon to lose, the third of its three major league sports teams. They didn't spend four and a half hours on skyrocketing crime, the junkie camps, anything like that, never mind the, uh, you know, the potholes and the sewers in the parks. No, it was on declaring support for a ceasefire in Gaza. You people are clowns. You really are. And then just to that uh, sect of society that is so favorable to the Palestinians and their plight and the oppressed Muslims and the racist genocide and all the things that are going on here. Uh, The Financial Times had a heck of an article uh, on a deep dive on the de-Islamification in going on in China right now, an actual genocide that is being perpetrated against Muslims. This isn't like fanciful. This is actually happening, don't you know? There are 18 million Muslims in China, and if China has their way, they will all be gone. Uh, The Financial Times has now found that Beijing's crackdown on Islam has spread to every region of the country, and they have a map showing all of the mosques that have been destroyed or are being targeted to be destroyed all across the country of China. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mosques that will be destroyed. You got millions of Muslims that are basically slaves going on in China. And where are the people in the streets about that? They're confused by that because they've been taught, they've been indoctrinated. Everything's either oppressor or oppressed. But China, that's... That's Asian people. They're not the oppressor because they're people of color. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what to do. Somebody hand me the map of intersectionality so I can figure out how to handle this. There is no more racist country on earth than China. If you're not Han Chinese, the main ethnic group, you are literally legally a second class citizen. If you're not being wiped out or put in a slave camp, the Uyghurs who you heard so much about, they're Muslim. And you could. I mean, if you're a uh, 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 utopian college kid who wants to do right in the world, you don't even need to be utopian. But um, you could be protesting all of big business that does so much business in China while they're committing a genocide against 18 million Muslims. But you don't. Where's the Arab street on this? All right. Yeah, no kidding. The Arab street up in arms. Where are the demonstrations? Burning Israeli flags, burning U.S. flags. How come we aren't burning Chinese flags in the street? Yeah, where are the 10,000 people in Times Square, the 50,000 in London? Why is nobody burning Paris over that? It's funny, isn't it? But then the Jews get attacked and say, all right, that's it, and, and, and you're marching in the street. That's interesting. Taking a look at the city council, the people who serve on it, uh, Rebecca Kaplan, the Oakland City Council, uh, your new name is Rebecca Clownlin. Let's see. Nikki Fortuna Boss, your new name is Nikki Bozo. Uh, Noel Gallo, uh, can you think of a good clown name for Noel Gallo? 
<laughs> Clown clowno. <laughs> you people are clowns. Good so, Lord, you self-important, pretentious clowns. Here's a little sound from the uh, debate that went on for, what, four and a half hours last night? We have been absolutely horrified at witnessing the atrocities that Israel has committed since October 7th. We've seen the targeting and massacring of civilians, of healthcare facilities, of hospitals, of ambulances. And Oakland crumbles. Oakland is rotting, dear. What do you have to say about that? Do you think your constituents elected you to solve the problems of the Middle East? How can you possibly, you clown, justify spending the time, money, and energy of the city of Oakland, which is, again, decaying under your watch? How can you justify spending your time on this stuff? God, you people are an absurdity. You clowns. Um... I was trying to find one of your super lefty groups confirmed yesterday that uh, no, Israel did not kill 500 people by targeting a hospital. That never happened. Even one of the biggest nice. lefty organizations in the world. I can't remember the name of it. But and, uh, uh, That's funny that that plucky lady didn't mention that Hamas has used ambulances over and over again to shuttle their fighters. Did you miss that, sweetheart? While you were applying your, your big red nose and your, your big shoes and your clown makeup? Which, right, a quick uh, word from, which is uh, true according yes. to Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. We have another great clip from that city council meeting coming up right after this. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. Hey, inflation is high. We've got to find ways to save money, all of us. And whether it's driving the extra mile for lower gas prices, grocery shopping on sale days, money is important. That's why we want to tell you about our new favorite way to save upside. Start with downloading the upside app. It is free, and it's wherever you get your apps. And then you use the promo code Armstrong to get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Wait till she's good and empty and fill her up and save your money. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check into the business, you pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and then you get paid. And Upside is an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. That's everyone. And it's got a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. People are loving the Upside app. Once they get it, it's free. Download the free Upside app. Remember that promo code Armstrong to get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's that promo code Armstrong. Get yourself the Upside app. Here is more from that uh, debate at the city council meeting in Oakland last night. Hundreds of people, both for and against the resolution, packed into City Hall to voice their opinion before the vote. I strongly urge the City Council to pass this resolution immediately demanding a ceasefire. Nada Khalil was one of dozens of pro-Palestinian supporters who took to the mic. She says a city resolution supporting a ceasefire would show Oakland stands for peace. Passing this resolution, it will show that the city stands with these communities and will not stand for Islamophobia or anti-Semitism because we just want peace with all of our neighbors and all of our communities. Boy, she's got a very low voice for a child so, <laughs> who has a child's understanding of these issues. But see, the group that Israel's going off, going after doesn't agree with you. They do not agree that everybody should be safe and okay. They want to cut their baby's heads off, you see, is the problem. And so what do you, you do see, about that? We're, we're in favor of anti-Semitism over here. In fact, we, we want to kill all the Jews. So, thanks. Human Rights Watch, that's the group, the lefty group, that concluded over the weekend that the explosion at the hospital... 
uh, back on October 17th resulted from an apparent rocket-propelled munition such as those commonly used by the Palestinian armed groups that hit hospital grounds, not an Israeli rocket. And the children are clowns or child clowns on the Oakland City Council or, or, or clown children. I don't know what they are. Uh, also, not even tipping their cap to the fact that Hamas has for decades and continues to base military operations out of hospitals so that the people who they're trying to kill have to fire toward the hospitals to get the Hamas fighters. It's funny that didn't come up, you genius student of the Middle East. Clown offspring. Um, we Speaking of clowns, we ought to get to the... Uh, this got a lot of attention yesterday. It was a tweet from Elizabeth Warren. You remember her? Socialist candidate for president. Did you see her thing about... I'm going to have me a beer. <laughs> right. Did you see her thing about the sandwich shop monopoly? That got a lot of mockery yesterday on... No, I missed it completely. Oh, that was a big uh, meme for like an hour. <laughs> Everything lasts like an hour now, right? Everybody, I must have all, been asleep or something. All, all the punditry goes wild for like an hour, and then that story's over. Yeah, exactly. You take a nap, you miss the big meme. Right. I walk my dog. I leave my phone at home. I've missed America's latest craze. <laughs> it's over by the time I get back. Right. Exactly. More on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody pointed out that one of the reasons I was so gassed running a quarter mile with luggage through the Denver airport is obviously it's at 5,000 feet, so not oh, yeah. used to that either. So, yeah, not easy. Uh, a couple of things to get to before I get to the hilarious... Sandwich shop monopoly tweet from Elizabeth Warren that got some attention yesterday. 
This is pretty good fishing right here. I got this text yesterday. Thought this was pretty clever. Hey, Jack, it's your favorite jeweler. Hey, Jack, it's your favorite jeweler. Did you get a chance to check on a credit line increase yet? Question mark. Because I'll bet so many people have gone to jewelry stores. I'll bet that works oh. a lot. And you think, yeah, you need just assume, well, that's the jewelry store that I was at the other day where I was talking to him and I gave him my information, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, even if it's one out of a thousand people who get that email. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I haven't been to a jeweler, so I knew it wasn't me, but. I was going to say well-targeted, too, because you're known for your bling. <laughs> Aren't I? Uh, this that I came across yesterday, I've probably heard this before, but one of the great things about getting older is I can hear jokes again and enjoy them as if they're new. Uh, this is a tweet. A shark could swim faster than me, but I could probably run faster than a shark. So in a triathlon, it would all come down to who's the better cyclist. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> is that it? It's exactly right. That's absurd. Hey, you got you to gotta send that to my phone, because i got to send that to the Delaney, my daughter, who's the shark freak. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But so yesterday, Elizabeth Warren tweeted out, and this is around a, polit- uh, 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 a business story that was out, is that the same firm that owns Jimmy John's sandwiches and McAllister's Deli, which I don't know, must be an East Coast thing, was looking to purchase Subway Oh, sandwiches. And Elizabeth Warren tweeted out, we don't need another private equity deal that could lead to higher food prices for consumers. The FTC is right to investigate whether the purchase of Subway by these, this same firm creates a sandwich shop monopoly. Yeah, they're all being bought up by big baloney. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's it's almost hard to come up with a an example of a better product that would be pretty much impossible to have a monopoly on. I mean, the, mono- the, the threat of a monopoly being that they'll raise prices and there'll be no way to combat it. I mean, because anybody can throw together a sandwich. I mean, so... <laughs> it's not like you're being asked to start an airline. Oh, right, 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 exactly. It's not one of the five yeah. gas companies or something like that. It's a wow. sandwich. For crying out loud. Wow. So there was a lot of mockery around your libertarian crowd going all day long about the idea of a sandwich monopoly and oh my god and just and also just seriously like she's a smart woman she went to harvard i mean she does she actually like is her economic belief actually that three sandwich companies getting together they could like run the whole sandwich world for the next however many years well and any person who who wanted i don't know meat between a couple of slices of bread would have to crawl on their hands and knees and beg big sandwich Big, big salami for a sandwich because that's the only place you can get them. Well, there could be any competition. Uh, one of the tweets was, and this was retweeted by our friend Tim, who really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a monopoly if this goes through. I'll go from like nine down to eight sandwich shops owned by a different company within a mile of my house. <laughs> Which is true. You can get a sandwich or make one anywhere. <laughs> That is so, I find that so interesting. Do you think she, like, she is so something that she believes that that could even happen? Uh, That's a great question. She's an interesting case because she's very bright. Um, She is deluded ideologically, and she's a panderer. So it's difficult Mm. to know where the one ends and the other begins. She's also a fake Indian, which has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to mention it again. Oh, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, by all means. Mm. (laughs) 
Boy, what kind of world would that be where Jimmy John's merges with McAllister's? Is and that Subway, what you said? and they just would, would oh, they'd start charging fifty dollars a sandwich, and you know what? Not to mention you'd just eat other stuff. And you know what? You'd have no choice but to buy fifty dollars sandwiches. That's right. There would be no other sandwiches available, and nobody could step into the breach and compete with them. Or you'd just eat other food, too. I mean, even if that could happen, okay, I guess we won't eat sandwiches. We'll eat any of the million other things we could eat. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad the, uh, the mockery she deserved came to her. <laughs> Uh, we do four hours of this every single day. We're contractually what? obligated. And I know it seems like a lot. Every day I get up was and I Was I think, drunk when I signed that? Every day I what get up I and I thinking? think, that can't be right. And then I get out the contract and I read it. And yep, it's right. Four hours. But anyway, if you miss a segment even, you should subscribe to our podcast. Then it would automatically be fed to you. And you could listen to them at your leisure. Wouldn't that be a fantastic way to live? It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Got some good stuff coming up next hour as well. Sexism in astronomy. Among, well, that's what? not the best thing we're doing. That's all right. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.